So we're starting from uh, five lines down here. Tana Rabbanon. So just to recap, we had a very Yisraelistic Machlekes yesterday between Rabbi Yishmol and Rabbi Akiva. So we know that a short time, and Torah says that the, the, that the Nizik is able to collect from the Guf Hashar. The question is, and the half damages, but the question is in what ways? Rabbi Akiva says, Yuchlat Hashar, that automatically the Shar is transferred into the possession of the Nizik. As in, from the time of the damage, automatic transfer into his possession. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, it's just that he owes him money. It's like a creditor. It's just that, as we saw yesterday a few times, a super strong lien that he has on the animal to collect his half damages from there. So now the Gemara continues, one ox that's worth 200 zuz. Of course, another ox worth 200 zuz. It does an injury in it. It inflicts an injury that decreases the value by 50 zuz. But then afterwards, it got, it got it went up, meaning the value the value of the injured ox appreciated. And now it's worth four hundred zuz. So the question is, is it really uh, is there, did, did the damage kind of just repair itself? Right, the value of the oxen went up. Obviously, that's what happened. Even though it got injured, worth fifty zuz, but then the value of the oxen went up, and now it's the ox which was once worth two hundred is worth, worth four hundred. So it hasn't really happened. Now, the, the damage has kind of been erased. But we say, no, no, no. Shilmala has Akov, and not for the other damage. Then it would be right now 800 Zos. So it is still very much a damaged ox. The, 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 the price, it's certainly damaged as you're trying to figure out how, what, what was the assessment of the damage. Originally it was 50. Now the price goes up for oxen um, incredibly. It goes up by a lot. It, without the damage, it would be 800. Because of the damage, it's only 400 now. So what's the halacha after all this is said and done? No, the damager pays half damages according to the loss at the time of the damage. So you have to pay, it was 50, that was the time of the damage. So you have to pay fat, fifth, half of the, t- of the 50, which would be 25. He can't argue and say, hey, that initial loss was recovered through the appreciation because the effect of the damage is still there because it prevented the ox from fully appreciating to what it would have been its fullest potential of 800. In contrast, let's say the condition is that the injured ox went down after the time of the damage. So meaning initially it was uh, just $50 of damage. Then afterwards, the value of the ox went down. Then then you pay according to the assessment of the loss at the time that it stood in judgment. In other words, you have to pay for the deterioration that comes even after the initial blow. What's the shot in this? So the Gemara is going to explain that we all view it as being a continuation of the injury. So meaning if it initial injury, initial, sometimes you can have an initial assessment and then, you know, actually it was, it, 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 we, we see it did more. So the Gemara says, it's as if the horn of the mazic animals was, was still uh, perpetually in it. It's actually continuing to make it, it, to make it be worth less. And then you have to pay according to the, the, the final assessment of the loss at the time that it stands in front of, uh, for judgment. And the Gemara will get into that. What happens? What happens if the value of the ox that damaged appreciated after it damaged? So this is now. Now we're not talking about the ox that had the injury. Now we want to know the ox that did the damage appreciated after it damaged. No, no the, the mazik still pays according to its value at the time of the damage. So what are we trying to say? Let's say the value of the ox that gored went up from two hundred to four hundred zuz between the time of the goring and the time of the judgment. It still only pays twenty five zuz from it, which was the value of the half damage from there. In other words, the nizik can't say, "Hey." I am entitled to one-eighth of the value of the damaging ox. That's what happened at the time of the damage. I have an eighth of the value of the ox, the 25 of the 200. And now that it went up, it went up in my domain. He cannot make that argument. Why? Pashtas, according to Rabbi Akiva, he should. He automatically owns the eighth of the ox. So it sounds like here that this b'risa would be going like Rabbi Yishmael, that he doesn't own the ox itself. He just owns the right to collect money. Whereas Kalkash, if the value of the ox went down, then you only pay 
uh, according to the value of what it, the way it's worth when it stands in judgment. So let's understand what happened here. So he has to give only one-eighth of the value of the damaging ox at the time of the judgment, because we say it depreciated in the possession of the nizik as well. So what's the pshat? This sounds like we're going like Rabbi Akiva. In other words, we're trying to say it, 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 it did the 50 of damage, which you have to owe 25. But now, if we say the value is that it goes down, you only have to give him the eighth of the, of the value of the ox. You don't have to give him $25 worth of meat from it. No, you say it's an eighth of the ox. Sounds like we're going like Rabbi Akiva, that Yuchat Tashar. So automatically, when there was 50 of damage and he owed him 25, so then it was locked in that the Nizik owed him, the Nizik owns now an eighth of the ox. And if it depreciates, then it, de- it depreciates in the, in the possession of the Nizik. So that's a huge contradiction between one line and the breadth to the next, which the Gemara jumps on right now. Amar Mar, Shabbat Mazik, Noshin Mazik. You said that if the ox, I'm talking about again, that the ox that, dam- that damaged, went up after a damage, the damager only has to pay its value according to the time of the damage. Meaning you don't say he has an eighth, so if it went up in the eighth, it went up in the nizik shows. You only pay him 25. It sounds like you're only going to be small. That the nizik doesn't automatically own the Shah Hamazik, he's just like a creditor. It's just a claim of money. But Amos Seifa, look at the end of the bride. So the Seifa says, it says, at the end of the bride saw that if, if the value of the ox that damage went down, then you only have to give the eighth. Uh, you don't you don't say that you have to give a full twenty five zuz worth. So the end of the bride is only like Rabbi Akiva, who said that they're partners. So that in other words, that the nizik automatically owns it. So if you know, the Gemara is asking a question, it's rhetorical. What the bride flip flops from Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. So basically, there's a very simple machlokas. According to Rabbi Akiva, the nizik automatically owns. A portion in the ox. According to Rabbi Yishmael, he's a creditor. He is owed money. A huge nafkamina should exist. Yesterday we spoke about nafkaminas. What would be if the nizik would be mocked shit right away? Okay. But now there's other. Now the one wants to know what if the ox went up in value or went down. So you would say it depends. According to Rabbi Akiva, it either went up or went down in the possession of the nizik. So if let's say the damage was the damage was initially fifty, so you owed him twenty five, and the ox was worth two hundred, so he owns an eighth of the ox. So if the ox goes up, it goes up in his riches. If it goes down, it goes down in his riches. He gets an eighth of the ox. Right? So according to Rabbi Shmuel, he doesn't get an eighth of the ox. He gets twenty five zos. He has a sheep of twenty five zos for the ox. If it goes up. Then, then so be it. And if it goes down, so be it. It's still going to be locked in at the price of 25. But the problem is that we have a price here which is contradicting itself from when it went up to when it went down. In the case of where of where it goes down, we say that he only is entitled to an eighth. That's like Rabbi Kiva. If it goes up, we say he's only entitled to 25. That's like Rabbi Shmuel. So the Gemara answer is low cooler. Rabbi Kiva, we're all in the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, and that's why if it goes down, he still only gets the eighth of the ox. What are we dealing with in the, in the, in the, in the beginning that if it appreciated, he only pays still 25? We're talking about, you know why it got better? The damager, the mazik, fattened up the ox. So it didn't get it didn't get better just for no reason. It in, the, the damager, the mazik himself, fed it extra food and increased the value. So since it came about through the damager's expense, so therefore the nizza can't take the benefit from the appreciation, even though he really should be entitled to it. He owns an eighth of the ox. But since what made it go up is the mazik feeding it, so therefore we say he doesn't get more. Says the Gemara, we're assuming that cases where he found it. So in the first part of the Brisa as well, what did it say? So let's go back to the beginning of the Brisa. The beginning of the Brisa was not about the damaging ox, but about the Shara Nizak. The Shara Nizak went up. So remember the case was it was initially 50 of damage, but then suddenly the injured ox appreciated and it's worth 400. Still, I give him the 50 that it got damaged at the time of the damage. How did it get better? How did it go that now it's worth 400? So it originally was 200, then it got injured 50, and now suddenly it's worth 400. If the, presumably the beginning of the price is also talking about fattening. If we're saying the end of the price is fattening, presumably the beginning of the price is also talking about fattening. So that means the Nizik fattened up his own cow. So of course, 
the damager should pay according to the loss at the time of the damage. The Mazda can't say, hey, it's worth 400 now, so I don't have to pay you the 50 of damages, but if it's worth more because the Nizik that ended up, of course, the Mazik doesn't get off the hook from his 50 of injury. Elamai, Pashas, you would say, the beginning of the price. We're talking about it went up on its own, meaning there was a price fluctuation in the economy. So then now we're back to the safer, presumably it was like that as well. So the Amar Papa, Rashi, the beginning of the price. So it's talking about any way that it went up, whether it fattened or whether it appreciated automatically, meaning it was a price, in, a price increase. And you're right, the novelty in the ratio is only where it went up by itself that the damager still has to pay for the loss at the time of the damage. But the end, the safe was only where he fanned up the ox. So meaning the Gemara is just telling you sometimes these are rules of learning Gemara. It's not off to say that the ratio is talking about that it went up and the novelty is only where it went up by itself. And for the safe to say that the case is where where the mazik had fattened it. And again, we're still going to keep to that, that the mazik fattened it in the seifa, and that's why even according to Rabbi Kiva, if it went up, the nizik is not entitled to say, hey, my eighth went up, because it was the mazik's actions which made it go up. All right, now the Gemara analyzes the second ruling of the, of the first part of the rate, of the first part of the Brysa. So again, the first part of the Brysa was talking about 200 ox with 200 ox, and then the, 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 it did 50 of damage, and then what happened is, the Shar Hanizek, the damaged ox, although it was damaged initially 50, now suddenly gets worth 400. And we say, you still have, we still have to pay the 50 because if it wasn't 400, it would be worth 800. Then the price added, Kalchash, let's say the, dam- the condition of the injured ox deteriorated, meaning it was initially assessed only to be 50, but then it went worse. You pay like the final assessment. So the Gemara says, Kalchash Machmas Mai, what made it deteriorate? If you say Stam, I don't know, it had a hard day in the field and it deteriorated further. The Mazik should say, you made it deteriorate and I have to pay, meaning I only did 50 of damage. So if you had worked it and had a hard day and now it's worth less, that's not my fault. That's not the damage. I only did 50. Means the initial blow further deteriorated. Meaning that's just the concept. The initial assessment was this, but then it continued to deteriorate from the damage. And therefore, the damage party can say, the Nizik says, your ox's horn is buried in my ox. That's a beautiful language which expresses that the damage is still ongoing. It's not just a moment of Hezek and that's it. Sometimes the deterioration isn't full. The full impact of the damage takes time to emerge. So even though the initial assessment was 50, but the final assessment was more and he has to pay that. So there are two parts to this price and conclusion where there's a fluctuation in the amount of damage that we see in the Shah Nizak. If the Shah Nizak goes up more, we still have to pay for the damage because we say had it not been damaged, it would have gone up even more than it went, than it went up. And then in a case where it went down, we say the Mazik still has to pay for all the f- further deterioration because it was certainly caused from the damage. The second part of the price uh, spoke about a case of where the, there was a fluctuation in price in the Shah Mazik, where the Nizik is collecting from the Mazik's ox and there was it was locked in that he should have 25, right? One eighth of the of the of the dam of the damaging ox, but the question is, what happens if there's a fluctuation in that price? So, like Rabbi Yishmael, it shouldn't matter. Like Rabbi Akiva, you should say it should, and that's not the way the Gemara came out. But the Gemara said, if it was the Mazik who fattened it, then even like Rabbi Akiva, the the Nizik is not entitled to more to more and say, hey, my eighth went up because it went up only because the Mazik fattened it. Okay, now we start a Mishnah. Just to understand, you got to have clear what the pasuk says here. The pasuk is talking about a shartam. So it says when a shartam happens. So so machru as a sharachai v'chatzu es gatzpo v'gamas amesiachson. So it seems to say that they should sell the live ox and split the cash, and also split the dead carcass. In other words, one ox is doing care into another ox. So you owe half damages. So it seems that what the pasuk seems to say here is that there's a carcass which has value. So they sell the carcass and split the money, and they sell the live animal and split the money. That's the pshuta shomikra. So now the, the Mishnah goes into detail. What exactly is this pasuk saying? Shabbat do a little math here. 
One ox was worth 200, the other ox was worth 200. And then a velo is worthless. There's no value in the carcass. That's the super simple case. You sell the live ox and you divide the money. The damage is exactly equal to the value of the live ox because it was too, it killed it completely. The Nevela is worth nothing. So it was 200 worth of damage. You pay Chatzinezek, which is 100. Perfect. How do you get the 100? We sell the live ox, which is worth 200, and we split it between the Mazik and the Nizik. Beautiful, simple as could be. The carcass is worth nothing. 200, 200, we're selling the live ox and splitting it. I mean, the halacha you're saying is right. Like, it's very clear in that case, if it would happen, 200, 200, and he totally kills it, you would sell the live ox and split it. You're right. But you're not really reading the Pasuk. You read, you read correctly that you should sell the live ox and split its money, but did you hear the end of the Pasuk? The Pasuk is talking about a case where the carcass is worth money. The Pasuk says, and they should also sell the carcass. So what is the case that the Torah is referring to? Clearly, it's not a case where the carcass is worthless if the Pasuk is saying they should sell it and divide it. So so what is the case that we're referring to? In order to make sense, because again, we know we're trying to like make it be chetzi nezek, but also sell half of the live and half of the dead. So the case is like this. Here's the math. Is that Shar Shavim Masayim? One ox worth two hundred. Shar Kol Shar Shavim Masayim. According to another ox worth two hundred. Vanavele Yafa Chamishim Zuz. The carcass is worth fifty. So if there's a carcass which is worth fifty, so how do you assess the damage? You would say, simple math is one hundred and fifty divided by two. It should be seventy-five. The the nizik should be receiving seventy-five worth of damage. But you could make it work out now in the Torah's case. Why? The, the, the carcass is worth 50. So this one should take half of the live ox and half of the, and half of the dead ox. How does this make sense? So we're going to, we have one which is worth, we have one which is worth um, 200 now. So we're going to sell that and split that. So that's 100 going to both. And then we have the, the, the carcass, which is 50. So they're going to sell that and split that. So that's an extra 25 going to both. So both parties will walk away with 125 in their pocket. Now, let's try to think if, how that makes sense to us. How much did they have before? In other words, what, 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 the, how much does 125 in the pocket of the Nizak represent to him? How much did he have before? An ox worth 200. So it's perfect because it represents that he lost 75. 75 is exactly half of the damage. Let's go over one more time. One ox worth 200, of course, another ox worth, that, that was worth 200, but the, car, the carcass is worth 50. So that means that you really want to do, assess the half of 150. So you want to have that he walks away with half of 150 of 75 in his pocket. And 75 he has and 75 he loses. He only gets half damages back. So it's very good. That's what the Torah is saying. The direction of the Torah is sell the live ox and split it, sell the dead, the dead carcass and split it. If you do that, each end up with 125. So that means each lost 75. So very good. The Nizvik ends up recovering half of his losses. Perfect. Now, you just have to make the math make sense. And the Torah happened to be speaking about that exact case. And that's what it said. Sell the live ox and sell the dead ox. And it ends up being Chetzinezek. That's it. The math happens to work out. All right. Here we go. Tanar Abbanon, it says in a bride, so now Rameir is going to respond to Rabbi Yudah. In a case that we've been talking about, 200, and of course, in other acts, we're 200. The carcass were 50. The damager takes half of the live acts and half of the dead acts. And the Nizak also takes half. This is the case of the Shard that court that's discussed in the Torah. This is Rabbi Yudah's opinion. Again, that's just a reiteration of what we just saw. That's not the case of the Torah. Allah, what is the case the Torah is referring to? Much simpler. So, 200 course 200 totally destroys it the carcass is worthless so it's 200 worth of damage the chetzi is 100 you just sell the live ox and give 100 to each 
Very simple. I, the end of the Pasuk. Understand that the Pasuk says the dead ox they should be dividing. It means like this. It means the depreciation of the, the, the death caused to the gourd animal they divide in the live one. Meaning it doesn't mean you're selling the carcass and dividing it. What it's saying is that the, the nizak gets back half of the difference between the value of his animal during life and its value after the death through the sale of the live ox. So the gamas amis yachsun doesn't mean sell the carcass. That's wrong by what it means. It's saying, how is he going to recover the half losses that he has that occurred to his damaged ox? Through splitting. Which animal? Through the splitting of the live ox. Okay. So now, it's coming out according to Rabbi Meir, the Pasuk is not talking about whether the carcass has any value. Okay? That's, that's simply not, not, not spoken about here. All right. Now, Continues the Gemara. They're not arguing any practical case. They might be arguing what the case the Torah is talking about. But if there would be a case of an ox worth 200 zoos, that cores another ox worth 200 zoos, and the carcass is worth 50. In that case, would there be a dispute? No. Everyone agrees both are going to walk out with 125 and suffer a loss of 75 which is half of the amount of the damage. Everybody's going to agree to that. In other words, everyone agrees you're chai for chatzinazek. According to Rameir, the nizik is keeping the carcass, just to speak it out. According to Rameir, the nizik keeps the carcass. He keeps 50, and you sell the live ox. So the, you sell the live ox, which is additional 75. And according to it, so he gets, walks out with a total, with, with a total of, of, of 125. And according to Rabbi Yudah, you take half of the live animal, which is 100, and half of the carcass, that's worth, that's worth 25. But either way, you're walking out with the same 125. That's what the Gemara's point is. In other words, like Rameir, like Rameir, that the Torah said you get half Nezek because the carcass was worth nothing and you just ended up selling the live one. Obviously, he would then agree that if there is a carcass which is worth value and then the Nezek is taking that whole thing for himself, so he's collecting the full 50 from there, then obviously then he's only going to get it to supplement to the half damages from, the, from, 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 from selling the, 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 the ox that gourd and only take 75 from there and get a total of 125 because that's what he's understanding. That he gets back his Chetzi Nezek of the maze by selling the live one. He agrees to that drasha. So then, practically, everybody's on the same page. What's the difference how you cheshbin it? According to Rabbi Yudah, it's cheshbin, half of the live ox, half of the dead ox. According to, Rabbi Me- According to Rabbi Mayer, it's going to be no. The whole carcass is his, and he's going to recover half of his losses by, 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 getting, by, by getting a portion in the live ox. But everybody's going to agree that it's a total of 125. So practically, what is the difference? What are they exactly arguing about? So Amar Rava. They're going to be arguing as follows. What happens if the carcass depreciates after death? According to Rabbi Meir, so the Nizik owns the carcass. There's no idea that they're selling the, 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 dead, the dead carcass and splitting it. Meir suffered That's all part of the, the Nizik's liability. It's his loss. Because it was just his thing. He old no. They automatically split that loss. Because according to Rabbi Meir, and what was that saying? That, that, that the dead carcass is owned by both of them and then they'll, they'll split it and make the revenue. So, so, so if it goes down, then it's a loss. It, it, then it's a loss to both of them. If you want to just like imagine this in a little bit of the case here, Let's say, again, the, the death itself depreciated the oxygen value by 150, and it was there. It was originally the, the carcass was worth 50. But then it went down another 25 before it was sold. So now, according to Rameir, the carcass was totally the Nizik's, the Mazik had nothing in it, so he has no liability by the depreciation after death. So according to Rashi'in, and according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Mazik has to have half of the live animal and half of the carcass, and, and that's the way it goes, and that's the way it happens. So any depreciation, therefore, uh, half of it is to him as well. 
So the Gemara says, I'm the Rabbi Yehuda, but what comes out? If we're saying according to Rabbi Yehuda, there's a din, you own half of the of the of the Nevela, and then the loss will go to you. What are we finding? Tam Khamar Muad. You're finding an aspect where Shar Tam is more Khamar than a Shar Muad. Why? Because even this whole idea that you own, the Mazik owns half of the Shar, the, the, the carcass that he has to sell, and if it goes down, it will go down to him as well. Avada, that's only by a Shar Tam. Right? By, by a Shar Muad, you just pay the full damages. Right? The full damages, you assess whatever it is, 150. And then that's, I'll pay what I'll pay whatever I pay. There's no halacha that I own the carcass and if it goes down, it goes down by me. So if this, the carcass subsequently went down, it's not going to be a loss to the mazik. He'll just pay, still pay the 150. So it doesn't make sense that there's an aspect where paying as a tam is more chummer than paying as a mu'ad. And we're going to show in a second why that's not true. But just to go over that point, it would come out that by short time, there's a liability that could grow. That's our problem. Even though you're paying only half damages, my would you pay full. But by Tom, it could grow because if there's a depreciation to the to the carcass, then we're going to say, hey, that, that the carcass was half the mazik's, half the nizik, so it's a loss to the mazik as well. That type of nikuda will never come out by mood. By mood, you just assess the damage. The carcass totally belongs to the nizik, and then you pay the full damages, whatever the damages were. So there's a greater sense of paying for a Tom for a mood, and that doesn't make sense. Maybe we'll argue that it is like that, that there are times where a Tom is more chamer than a mood. And we find in a certain way it's like that because it's not there's a case, a fascinating case we're going to get to later in the Masechta. If you do a minimal amount of guarding and it still breaks breaks loose and does damage, if it's a tam, your chayv is a muad, your potter. Rebuda holds a little bit of shmir suffices for a muad, but not for a tam. It's a wild. It seems backwards. I know it doesn't make sense. We'll see the sugya later. But the point is, the Gemara is showing sometimes there are strange things that happen in the Torah. You, you have to guard a tam more. There's greater liability for minimal debt, for minimal protection you did for a tam than for a muad. So add this to the list. Yes, it's true. Tommy only pay half mood, you pay all. But by Tom, it's more chummer that if there would be a depreciation in the carcass, the mazik would suffer the loss by mood, you wouldn't. No. It's all, that's all about how much you have to watch the ox because there there's exerus hakasav in the Torah that the minimal degree of guarding does not exempt the owner of a tam but it does exempt the owner of a muad. That's all exerus hakasav in regard to payment avada the payment of tam cannot have any aspect of stringency over a muad and we'll show it that way. But Tanya as it says in a bride of Rebuda Omer Yachol what would you say? What would you say about an ox that's worth 100 zoos? Gore is an ox that's worth tw- 5 sella. 5 sella means 20 zoos. So an ox worth 100 zoos, Gore is an ox that's only worth 20 zoos. And then a vela is worth 1 sella, 4 zoos. So if you add it up, what is the, the damage? It's really only 16 zoos of damage. So what did the Torah say? You split the carcass and you split the live animal. Is that fair? Are you going to tell me over here that, they, that, that each one of them are going to split the carcass? and split the, the live animal, and that doesn't make any sense. Half of the value of the live animal is 50 zoos, and as soon as you do that, that's far more than half of the, the amount of the damage. So if you say when, whenever it happens, you split the live ox and, 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 and the dead one as well, you should follow that procedure, even though he's gonna, the, the nizza is going to end up getting more than his loss. Would that make any sense? Amre, to show that that's wrong, we say as follows. Why is muad singled out by the Torah? Why does the Torah speak about a muad? Was it to be more stringent or more to be more chamer? The muad has to pay full damages. The tam only pays half. So now I'll make a kavachomer. If even a muad only pays that which it damaged, 
right? You're not, you never collect more than your damages by Muatama Kalakoshikin. Certainly for Tom, it shouldn't be that way. So it's obvious that in that case, the Nizza can't get half of the value of the living animal when it's going to be worth more than the amount that it's lost. So then obviously that can't be the case where the Torah is referring to when it said sell the live ox and divide the money. So we'll get back to what exactly you do there eventually. We'll come back to that in the Gemara. But in this price, what we clearly see is that Rebuda says that Tom is more lenient than a Muad. That's why even though you sell the live ox and you sell the carcass, <laughs> if by doing that the Nizza collects more than all of his losses, you don't do it. So why? What's the point? Because Rebuda himself argued the payments of Tom should never come out more calmer than the payments of Muad. So going back to our case, we wanted to know what's the naf community in Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir. So we tried suggesting that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Torah says sell the, sell the live ox and, and the, the, the dead one as well, that it would make a naf if the dead one went down. That we would say it goes down in the possession of the mazik as well, and therefore he has to, he has to suffer the loss. The Kamar is arguing it doesn't make sense to say that, because by, even by Muad itself, you only pay the damages. You don't pay for any for the depreciation in the carcass. That he, you don't say that by Muad. So if you don't say that by Muad, you wouldn't say that by Tom as well. So the Ma'ad the Gemara says the Ma'afkamino is the other way. El Amar of Yochanan Shivach Nevela Yikabenai. It's actually the opposite. If the carcass went up after death, so meaning again, it did one hundred and fifty of damage. The carcass is worth is worth fifty. What happens if the carcass then goes up in value? So according to Rabbi Meir, Marsav the the carcass is always the nizak. So he just collects half of the damage from the from the live ox. That's Rabbi Meir. So if if his carcass went up, very nice. I'm a lucky guy. The price of oxen went up. No, only half of the benefit is to the Nizik. The other half is to, would reduce the Mazik's liability. Because the Rabbi Yudha says that the Torah says you sell, you sell, you sell the, the, the carcass and you sell the live animal and you're splitting the proceeds. So Pshad is where Rabbi holds that the Mazik owns half of the carcass only to make it better for him, not to make it worse for him. We, we brought that out. If it went down, he wouldn't, he wouldn't owe more money. But if it went up, it would reduce his liability. That's the point that we're bringing out. So let's say we do, um, we do, we do a little bit of math here. Let's say it was uh, the carcass was initially worth one hundred so it was only one hundred amount of damage, um, and it was it, and now it increased and now it, it gets to let's say one hundred and twenty zos. So so we would say that instead of paying uh, instead of instead of paying half of the one hundred, you would pay only the half of eighty. I'm sorry, the half of ninety. I should say I should say that. In other words, I didn't say it correctly. If it was originally the damage was worth one hundred. And now the carcass, though, goes up in value by 20. So 10 of that going up went up to the mazik. That's the point. Half of it is to him. Okay, fine. Very good. So let's just pause where we are, come up for a little bit of air before we go we'll go weiter. Everyone understands the concept is you pay chassin azik. That seems to be the basic concept. But the Gemara has to clarify how that's going to work out and review them one second. In Rameir, the Torah says you sell the, the live ox to do that. Super simple, it's 200 to 200, the Nevela is worth nothing. You sell the live ox, split it, 100 each. What the Torah is telling you, the Torah is telling you is that, that the numbers worked out of 200 and 200, but the rule is you always get half of the recovery of the loss by selling the live ox. So whatever the numbers will be, that's the way you work it. But the, the carcass is always the, who belongs to who, according to our mayor, always belongs to the Nizek. Nothing to do with the mazik. The, the carcass is always the nezik. That's Rameir's view. I call it the simpler view. Rabbi Yehuda's view is that it's very complex. The Torah is, selling, is saying that the mazik actually has half of the carcass. Half of the carcass is mazik, half of the nezik. They're selling half and dividing it. The Torah happens to be talking about a very specific case where it was 200 to 200 and it did 150 worth of damage and the carcass is worth 50 and now you're, 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 you're dividing the 50 and dividing, and dividing the 200 and that's the way it ends up working out. That's Rabbi Yehuda's position and the main afkimina of Rabbi Yehuda is in a case where the carcass goes, go, 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 goes up after the death after after the death, so then 
half of it went up to, 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 to reduce the, the, the liability that the mazik will have to pay. That's the main point that the Gemara is making. Now the Gemara explains. Now we understand very well this is a review that asks in the Brides. Now that the Torah is lenient. In other words, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Torah would make him, is more lenient to the Mazik as opposed to Rameir's view. It's more lenient in the sense that if there would be a rise in the value of the carcasses, then that would reduce his liability. So now that we say that by time we're being so lenient, now we understand what that happened was a little bit better. Imagine a case. Now, Ox worth twenty zoos. Now we start the opposite. An ox worth twenty zoos. Gores an gores an, an ox that's worth one hundred zoos, and the carcass is worth fifty. So basically, it does fifty worth of damage. Are you going to tell me here that each that they're going to split the live one and split the uh, the dead one? In other words, the mazik is going to take half of the live one. The live one's worth twenty, so each one's going to get ten, and half of the carcass, which would be each one getting twenty five. So that means each one's getting so he'll get thirty five zuz. That was more more than the whole live ox. So that would be really messed up if the mazik <laughs> profits off the deal. Right? He has an ox that was worth 20 that grows another ox and he ends up with 35 in his pocket. That's really, really unfair. Uh, but someone might think that. The Torah was just so lenient on him. And now we understand like where this is coming from. The Torah was just lenient that if the carcass went up, then it's to the, it's to the benefit of the damager. So what happens in that ironic case? Where do you ever find the damager profiting that this one should profit? Furthermore, you should surely pay. The owner of the ox and the damages only pays. He doesn't take any profits. You only pay. You don't take profits. So now the basis for the original thought that maybe he should benefit comes from an understanding that if there was appreciation of the carcass after death, it appreciates through the masics. So and now we understand, okay, maybe go even further, more extreme, that he could even end up with more money in his pocket and we say no. Before we can just continue, the Mars says, Maiva Omer, why do we have to make two points? We even said, first of all, it doesn't make sense that he should gain, and second of all, he only pays. So the Gemara explains, Maybe only if there was a loss of the damaged party. Imagine there was no loss. Kigon, make it more extreme. An ox that was worth five slum, 20 zuz. That core is an ox worth five slum. But the carcass appreciates after death and it's worth 30 zuz. So it was 10 zuz more than the living value. So in that case, also, maybe the damager should take a share of the appreciation. Meaning, I paid him back. He's not down anything. Happens to me, there was a crazy fluke in the market that carcasses get up and worth, are worth a ton right now. So just because I end up gaining, okay, I end up gaining, but he got paid back. Omer shalom shalom, balim shalom and balim nolan. No, you never take. You ne- you, only, you only pay. You don't take. But that's why we need another puzzle to bring out. There's really two dinim. First of all, you can't profit on Yenim's dime. Second of all, even if Yenim got paid back completely, but you never take. All right, so now we just go back to the dispute between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir. So remember, Rabbi Meir to say, not that you're selling the carcass, but by saying that the damaged party always gets chetzi nezek through selling the live ox. Rabbi Yehuda Pashtus didn't agree with that. Rabbi Yehuda was saying that you sell the dead ox as well. So then how do you ever know, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that Tom collects chetzi nezek? You can have cases where the Tom pays more than half damages. So what's the point that, that we're making? It seems that everyone should agree, it seems that even later in the Masech that we know this, that everyone agrees to the premise that it should be Chetzinezek. But why? There's no compelling reason. If you, the Pasuk is Mashma, that we're just saying over here, that you sell the live animal and you sell, and you sell the carcass, so it really just depends what the prices are. How are you able to say 
that there's a basis that you always collect half damages. Yeah, it's beautiful if the one case we were talking about, 200 and 200, and the Vela was worth 50, if you sell both, you're going to end up with half damages. But as a rule, where do you see that? There could be so many cases where you pay more. It just depends what, what it's worth. So says the Gemara, in other words, and like Ram there, that's the drasha. Mm-hmm. means the loss for the dead carcass, they'll split by selling the live cow. That, 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 that's where Meir's Joshua. Rabbi Yudha didn't hold that way. Rabbi Yudha holds Rabbi Yudha means sell the carcass and divide it. So it doesn't necessarily end up saying you get half damages. So the Gemara says, no. He also holds to the Joshua that the death that was caused to the court animal should be divided in the value of the live one. He also agrees that means you get Chetzinezek through the live one. So the Gemara says, how does he know? Because We just darshaned that, that that was Rabbi Yudha's whole opinion, that it's saying he has half of the dead carcass as we brought out, and if the carcass appreciates and appreciates in the value then is of the mazik. So, Dr. Mariam Cain, if all the Torah was coming to say was that, in other words, really, he agrees with Avin Zemesiachsun, he agrees to the basic Joshua. The basic Joshua was coming to say that what? That, that you get paid back Chetzi Nezek, Avada. You get paid by Chetzi Nezek and the live cow. But if that's all the Torah was coming to say, Nichlev Krav, SMAs, it could have just said, and the dead one they divide. My Vigam, what does it mean? And also, you learn both. Meaning, you learn that you always get Chetzi Nezek, what we say. So, in other words, we learn that he has a share in the in the damaged animal because it could because it says vasmes but it, why does it say vigam so we learned also at that point that each party ends up taking um khatinazik so you get two separate halachas coming from the possible so let me try it this is one of the most toughest like things like i i i can't tell you like why according to rabida the torah made it so complicated but this is what ended up happening let's just clarify rabida's position rabida's position is that a short time collects and the collection of chatzinazik is migufo from the ox that gourd everyone agrees to that the basic basic core principle everybody agrees to but rabida has a new drasha that the torah with the extra word vegam the torah is also alluding to the fact that the mazik has a stake in the carcass Mazik has a stake in the carcass. He never pays more than half, but he has a stake in the carcass. Who cares? What does that mean? You have a stake in the carcass. If the carcass, by fluke, by, by economically, just happens to be the value of the carcasses would go up, then it goes up in, in, in something which benefits to the Mazik. Half of it's like his, and for that half, he doesn't, it gets reduced from his liability. That's the one point that comes out of the Moscow and Rebuda is making. Ramir does not hold to that one point, and Rebuda does hold to that point. It's very, comes out very subtle, very dachistic amachlikis. Rebbe Meir says that's not, the Torah never mentioned anything that the Mazik has a stake in the Nizik's animal. They hold the Nizik's animals all to the Nizik. If it goes up, it all goes up all to the Nizik. The Torah is just saying, one point, that you get Chetzinezek by, by selling the live, the, live, the live animal. That's all it's saying. According to your view, that's saying that, but it's also saying that the Mazik has a stake in the carcass, half of the carcass, and if it goes up, it goes up to him. Everybody would agree if the carcass goes down, there's not, it's not going to represent a further loss, though, to the, to the Mazik, because we're So it comes out that's the whole point. However, however, Lamaisa, the Mishnah was right. In the Pshuta Shomikra, it ends up a dispute here. That's what we end up having. The Torah said, sell the live animal and the dead animal. According to Rabbi Yudha, we'll still make it make sense what the Pasuk was saying, that he has a stake in the dead animal. And we'll say it was 200, 200, 150 of damage. The carcasses were 50. They sell both, each walk out with 125, each suffer the loss of 75 in the Chatzinazek. Rameir, the Torah didn't speak that way. The Torah never spoke about a carcass which had value. The carcass is dominant. The Torah spoke about 200, 200, it's worth zero, and you're still splitting the live ox and each one collecting half. But Avada, there's a difference in the Pshuto Shomikra, but in Din, 
there's very little machlokas. There's one aspect that they're arguing about. Everyone agrees Chatzinezek and it's collected from the shar, from the shar that did damage. There's one machlokas. If the cargas went up, does that reduce the liability of the masik? And one last point, which is that in general, this idea that you have it, that, that you collect from the shar, that gourd, that we saw is a machlokas, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel, we always have to remember that. Is it automatically that you own it or is it just that you have a, a credit and it's just a lien on that animal?